When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Episode 100. And we begin with messages from some dear friends of the show. Hello um, and happy birthday to Pod Save the Queen. Um, it's Alison Phillips, uh, editor of The Mirror here. I have enjoyed listening to almost every episode so far and I'm looking forward to several, several more hundred to come as your reign continues. Hi Anne, it's Danielle Stacey. Congratulations on the 100th episode of Pod Save the Queen. My favourite ever recording has to be, of course, the Royal Wedding Fashion Special when we sat down with Amber and Zoe to talk everything about Meghan's wedding dress and the tiara and we were all really excited, possibly aided by the fact that we'd had lots of pizza and sweets. Well done once again, guys. Hello, Anne. It's Susan from What Kate Wore saying congratulations on 100 episodes. Holy cow. That's terrific. Um... I'm excited to hear the next 100. You just do an amazing job, and I'm so flattered to even have been part of one. Way to go! I'm Ian Vogler. I'm the Mirror's Royal Photographer. Congratulations on the 100th edition of Pod Save the Queen. Keep up the good work. It's been a joy to be on episodes in the past. I look forward to being on many more episodes. Keep up the good work. Hi, Anne. It's Laura, a.k.a. Japanese Ginger. I just wanted to congratulate you on 100 episodes of Pod Save the Queen. What a fantastic and well-earned milestone. I still think back so fondly to our conversation and especially your recommendation for Strictly Come Dancing routines. That has been such a game changer for me, and I can't thank you enough for that. So congratulations, and here's to many, many more fantastic episodes that I know are in your future. Hi, Anne. It's Carol Watson here. Congratulations on 100 episodes of the podcast. Thanks for having me on. Um, I look forward to the next 100. Lots to discuss. Bye. Hello, I'm Jason Beattie. This is to congratulate you on the 100th episode of Pod Save the Queen. Even as somebody with Republican leanings, it's still my favourite listen and it's a pleasure to take part. Hi Anne and hi Pod Save the Queen, it's Zoe Forsey here. Congratulations on your 100th episode. I've loved being part of the show and I've loved being in the studio with you guys talking about everything from royal tours to royal weddings. Um, here's to the next 100 episodes. Um, really looking forward to sitting down with you guys for all the fun things in 2020. Congratulations. Bye. Happy anniversary Pod Save the Queen. I can't believe it, 100 episodes. Um, I miss the fashion chat. I miss discussing pussy bows and the nuances of teal versus blue with Russell. 
and Anne, I miss you most of all. Anne, hello, it's Victoria Murphy here. Someone told me that it is about to be the 100th Pod Save the Queen podcast, and I can't believe that. I also can't believe that it was two years ago that we were gearing up to a big wedding. What a lot has changed since then. Huge congratulations on your milestone episode. You're an amazing host, and you're doing such a brilliant job with the podcast. Lots of love. Bye. Now, on with the show. Daniel Jackson is sitting here in the studio uh, with me and Russell, looking like uh, oh, the cat that got the cream or someone who's pulled off a really big trick well and surprise. Done. Well, well done, done, Dan. That was tremendous. Tremendous um, work. And, yeah, thank you. It was so lovely hearing all oh, the voices. Oh, you've got oh, you're now a bit, Yeah, a bit emotional. So. He's, uh, Dan is now leaving the room before I can, uh, before he really makes me cry. Well, many congratulations, Anne, because it is a milestone and I've been lucky enough to be here for some of the way. So I know. We, I mean, much. we've got there a bit faster than we would have done otherwise because it got a bit busy in January. Yeah, we've done it. Yeah, we've done a couple of bumper episodes, a couple of doubles, and, and here we are. And here we are. Um, Dan has also rewarded us with a fine plate of he cake has. and yeah, shortbread and lemon. Le- Russell was straight in for a <laughs> yeah, lemon Yeah, no, drizzle, I don't even think we took slice. a photo of the cake before I was, I was in. It, so. I managed to get one. I sadly oh, well didn't done. manage to get one of you well shoving it straight yeah. in your face. Greedy Maybe. chops. Well, yeah, greedy chops. Um, well, I'm a bit... Um, bit flustered. Bit flustered. Yeah. Where, to, where to even start? Down. Bring it back down. So, um, yes, if, if it's your first time listening to the show, then uh, welcome. We are we That doesn't happen every week, but we do. It was lovely to hear such a great range it of people was. that we've had on in the past. Yeah, so do check really, out really nice. some of our back catalogue, which... Um, some of it is kind of evergreen and is still very true and other bits of it are, you know, it was of the time and now you look back on it in a different light and you're like, oh, so this is where it's ended up well, now. Especially like Victoria just said sort of two years ago, you were gearing up for the wedding. I wasn't even doing this job. So, and that, uh, I st- sort of started at the wedding really. And then look how, look where we are look now. We are now. I mean, you're like a global TV star. <laughs> You've been on the telly in Australia. Hello, Australian listeners, New Zealand, probably, you know. It's been a whirlwind. And we've it? met, we've also kind of met. But everyone's talking about it. And this is this is the yeah, thing. Yeah, and we've and we've met all of these people on you know Instagram and yeah. Twitter who are who've joined in, who, who've, who've you know been more deeply involved with the royals, absolutely, for longer probably than either you or I. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we we started the show just after Meghan and Harry had got engaged. When it was it was Victoria Murphy and me, Gosh, yeah. and there were a couple of really terrible suggestions from. I came back from a holiday, right. and they were like, "And um, we're thinking about starting a royal podcast." We quite like. Do you want to host it? We think you'd be quite good at it. And I think I think. <laughs> Did they know you're a royal well, fan? But I mean, I'd written, about, I'd written about the clothes and stuff, and um, <laughs> I think it was also just a bit like, okay, who can we? Who's a, who's a mug that we can convince to <laughs> to do this new thing that we? Oh, well, I must not have been in the office. <laughs> no, well, you. Were, I mean, royalty was not even a twinkle in your eye at that stage. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't. Was, it was before Christmas, so it, was, it would have been just after yeah. Meghan and Harry got in, got engaged. Yeah. So I'm talk, talking at a speed of light you now because I'm a bit flustered, and I've had a cup of tea. Have you too? Yeah. Um, and yeah, so Victoria Murphy and I sat down, and we had the first thing I think probably we did was record the trailer. Okay, and that took a lot of takes. Yeah, well, you know. and we we actually that's still our trailer. We I realised the other day, so we need to re-record. Maybe so you, we, you and I can do one. Yeah, we'll do one as a special special treat to ourselves. <laughs> um, 
So, yeah, like, did you have any notion at that stage that you might end up being a royal reporter? No, I was, I think I was pretending to be a serious journalist back in the day and uh, sort of trying to sort of fly around the world on on, on sort of crime and terrorism stories. And then, um, it's what happened really? So then you, Victoria Murphy was leaving. Victoria left, yeah, Victoria was leaving. And they said to me, the editor said to me, we'd like you to take this, um, this roll up. And I wasn't very keen at the start of it. Although the Jenny Bond, who is possibly one of the best royal correspondents ever, yep, a uh, lot of love for Jenny. She she said exactly the same thing. When yeah, I, I think I her. told you at the time. Have a listen yeah. to our podcast. Yes, exactly. With Jenny Bond. And I have mentioned it to her as well. And and I remember her saying, you know, I never wanted this job, and I think she was doing you know, potentially something. I was doing something similar to what she was doing, being a sort of general reporter. And um, and then I said, sort of said, okay, well, I'll look after it for a bit because the wedding's going to be a big deal, and we'll see how that goes. And then after the wedding, there, you know, it started snowballing, and then I said, okay, I'll do six months. So six months, of this. Now you're addicted. And now I am addicted to it. Yeah, it's funny how things work out. But it is also, it, it is weird that whole sort of Jenny Bond thing because she started it at the beginning of the 1990s, and I think possibly she'd also been told, you know, you can do serious reporting on yes, the royals. Yeah, there are there exactly. are there are serious stories to be had there. It's I mean, not just all pussy bows and teal and blue. Yeah, and, and it's not all know. just you know cakes with the wi and yeah. that kind of. Which thing. was probably my assumption. And let's be honest, the last two years have been the most exciting of potentially you know I'm talking about journalistically the fact that everyone's talking about it it's become a global story of potentially the last 25 odd years yeah, and it's like you know it's it's become a global phenomenon and that is largely in part to um to Megan coming on the scene to the wedding that captured sort of the well, the global aspect of it was the global attention was was massive wasn't it and then ever since then We've all been, um, you know, charting their path. It's, it's been a very interesting experience. It has, it has been a very interesting time, and we were obviously about to embark on another new phase, really. And I think mm. I find it quite sort of circular in some ways that we were started recording, you know, back in two and a bit years ago, just after the engagement, and mm. now come come around to episode 100 and we are talking about okay a date has been set yes. again but now it's the date for when Meghan and Harry's yeah. new life starts yeah. when it kind of switch over so it is it's the end of March April the 1st is kind of day one so, I mean in my experience I've come full circle because I mean I don't even know when I started joining you on the podcast it was probably a little bit later was it when I probably started going on the on jobs and the, the I think it would have been the September probably I don't think I think it was maybe before that cuz it might have been in the June or July when William went to the Middle East Oh yes and that was very interesting and um that's probably when I thought actually this is this is really an interesting. I can still gig. fly around the world exactly. and yeah. report on interesting <laughs> things. So chase the sun and chase the sun around the, around um, the world. Um, but 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 obviously, this now we have a date for them exiting the royal family, and this is a huge, huge moment. And we we've certainly been preparing for this over the last few weeks. But now, twenty four hours ago, it was announced that they have a date where they will be leaving, and, that, and March the thirty first is the cut off point. Their new office, um, which they've set up from a select band of uh, individuals who worked for them or worked, certainly worked in the royal household, will be based in London. And from April the 1st, they will be handling their affairs to set up their new 
foundation. I was about to say royal foundation, but now we know obviously that it's not even going to contain the words royal because the Queen has stopped them from using this uh, this label. Yeah, I mean, our Instagram poll, at Podsafe, oh, if yeah. you haven't yet found us on there, um, was fairly convincingly like, no, they mm. shouldn't still be using it. No, I think, listen, it, 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 was, it was kind of a no-brainer, but now it's settled... Um, the Queen was never going to allow them to use it. And from what I've been told is that, you know, there wasn't a big fight here with, with Harry and Meghan. They were um, not resigned to the fact. They they, they were very um, accepting of the fact that they were stepping away. And by stepping away, then you need to give up certain privileges. And one of those privileges is to potentially have your brand associated with the royal family. And I know that a lot of a lot have been written about the Queen and you know the senior members of the royal family were worried about them sort of sullying the brand, but really this um, I think that after all the dust has settled and it had been quite fraught you know relations certainly when they'd uh, dropped that bombshell statement and said that they were going to leave, um, uh, rela- relations were quite tense and they certainly have calmed down now. And and Harry and Meghan um, were sort of very accepting of this and saw it as an olive branch for both parties. So there wasn't really this big showdown, once again, of the Queen saying, there's no way you're going to be able to use royal... They'd, I mean, they'd set up Sussex Royal, they've trademarked loads of things, they've been signing patents, they've spent an awful lot of money, but it's not a big major deal. They can just totally rebrand. And as it was put to me by you know some a top PR executive who has knowledge of the um, negotiations which has been going on, um, they are Harry and Meghan at the end of the day, and they're going to become bigger than the royal family, arguably. They've got, uh, you know, they're free from the shackles, of the family, they can go and earn millions and they can go and speak on the world stage and be listened to. And we've got, you know, the big banks and the big corporations queuing up to work with them. So I think they're going to be go from strength to strength and be very successful. And they have done some appearances already. So they were um, yes. with the bankers. Yeah, so speaking. Harry, it was at an event sponsored by the big investment bank, JP Morgan, which obviously caught a lot of attention. Harry speaking um, about mental health, about, you know, revealing that he'd had... He's been in therapy for the last three years, which was, um, you know, particularly candid. And then there was a story that we did in, in the Daily Mirror, which was there had been discussions between another investment bank, Goldman Sachs, and uh, patronages of Harry to try and get him to do some work for the bank. Now, the sort of inference from this is, regardless of the fact, I know there was, there was some wild speculation about how much Harry or Harry and Meghan had been paid to show up at this event. Now, they haven't accepted any money as yet because they are still working members of the royal family. However, you know, you and I can infer, everyone can infer from having these meetings with top executives at big banks that, you know, you're you're rubbing shoulders with these sort of people, then it's only a matter of time before you start on the global um, speaking circuit with them. And no doubt they can earn a lot of money doing so. I'm just going to quickly share um, a tweet from our colleague, Tom Parry, um, one of our colleagues who was recently nominated for um, a series of awards at the Press of Awards. So congratulations to him and to our many other colleagues, including Mirror Online, where we're nominated for Website of the Year, which we're very excited about. So keep your fingers crossed for that one. But anyway, um, Tom Parry, who is at ParryTom on Twitter, said, great story from at RJ Myers, that's my friend in the other side of the room in the blue headphones, uh, on how a prince whose wealth derives entirely from an antiquated feudal system of nobility now intends to acquire, quote, private income, unquote, 
from speaking to a bank widely blamed for the 2008 subprime financial crisis, which left millions impoverished. I mean, I wish you'd get off the fence. I, I mean, know, yeah. <laughs> so I think I think that sums up the kind of yeah. the quandary yes. both for the royal family yeah. and for Meghan and Harry and you know to a certain extent for everybody when you're trying to do good things whether that and sometimes you know you have to take do you, you have to take or do you have to take money from less um well listen the, the, big, pure, the people have got the, the people have got the big places. money are sometimes caught within controversy and if you're going to be mixing with big banks then no doubt if you're working with billion dollar corporations multi-billion dollar corporations they're going to have some controversy in their locker and certainly no investment bank is probably um whiter than white and that's that's the life they're in now and so they're going to have to tread carefully i'm sure they will i'm sure they've got an army of advisors in the states um speaking to them certainly um you know they're going to have to rebrand it would yeah well it would be it would probably just become the foundation of the duke and duchess of sussex i mean that's all you know, it's it. It doesn't. Re- does it really need to have Sussex Royal in it? I don't think it makes a t- difference at all. So the only issue I think that you, so I th- I find like branding and rebranding of yourself quite an interesting thing. Partly as a woman who has changed her name after getting married. Yes. So in my private life, I have one name, and in my working life, I remain Anne Gripper. Yes. But nowadays, because you're in the internet. You have a much bigger footprint. And everyone is always like, why is Kate Middleton still referred to in Kate Middleton in, yeah. in so many headlines? And it's partly because that's how people search so that's for that's her. People still search, yeah. That's what yeah. people think. It's people's um, behaviour. It's people's behaviour. So there's that. But then there's also, you know, actually my Twitter handle, at Angripper, that's quite a nice and useful one to have. Yeah. And, you know, having, as the internet has expanded, there are fewer of these unique things that you can have across all um, you know, across the website, across the Instagram, across the Twitter, as in fact they found at the time when they basically took somebody else's Sussex Royal Instagram account Some because it was fairly inactive, yeah. which is something that, um, you know, I think we might have done it actually with the Pod Save Twitter because there was an inactive Twitter account and Twitter were able to say, okay, yes, um, if you're going to be using it, fine, we'll swap you over. Um, but he and this guy he left his twitter account because he was kind of getting all of the at sussex royal stuff that was nothing to do with reading football (laughs) club which is what he'd intended to be (laughs) tweeting about but anyway you know that kind of um finding something unique as a kind of a a name and a and a presence in the world of the internet is not always as easy as it might seem um but anyway we will be seeing them again before they leave we will so it's the final countdown. It's the final countdown. Who sang that? Oh, I don't know. We'll ask Dan. He can yeah, sort us out some I new... I should know that. We'll have, have some new music for next time. He's, you know, yeah. if, he, if he's going to start doing fun things, we're going to challenge him to do some other ones <laughs> as um, well. <laughs> he's, got, I mean, he's got enough on his plate. Well, cake for what? Cake, cake. Um, yeah, we are going to see them. So, they, so this announcement from Buckingham Palace yesterday sort of cleared up a few maybe inaccuracies some things that have been spoken about certainly that harry had lost or you know stood back from his military roles um however it seems that the queen has you know left the door open for him which is you know quite a big deal that nobody is going to be uh, given these titles over the next um over the next 12 months which is which is a big deal and i think it's i think that's interesting because that was something that i think we both um thought was a particularly 
kind of emotion, emotional thing for, for him, him to yeah. leave behind. Yeah. Something that is important to him. And although I have seen people suggesting that maybe Princess Anne would be a good appointment. As, well, that as was written, wasn't it? There, there, there was a story in the Sunday Times saying that she'd been given the role. So it seems as though Buckingham Palace have sought to, uh, to dispel that um, that story. However, um, yeah, he's, he's, I imagine his military roles were probably some of the happiest times of his life. And he's, he's in a new sphere now, isn't he? He's sort of... Married, child, new, um, new country, new adventures are happening all the time. But let's say if he did want to, um, if he if he did want to come back to it, and I think that you know after having some time away to think that that is a big possibility. So something like that might happen. Um, so certainly the Queen has left the door open. Um, he'll continue to use some of his his royal titles, and then um, we there's sort of a program that's been set out for uh, for the last couple of weeks. So I think February the twenty eighth is the first one. I should know these tonight. I, I mean, it's off the top of my head now. But February twenty eighth. All I know is, is it's the week that I'm away on holiday. Oh well, that's not very useful. So what am I going to do? Well, you're going to run around reporting on the royals. I would hope, Russell, <laughs> and then talk to me all about it when you get back. But so I have been. Um, speaking to some of our colleagues from our regional titles about um, what happens when the royals come to visit so that will be an episode that we'll be putting out in a couple of weeks very time. good okay so something a little bit different i mean russell so gets to hang around with the royals i mean sort of all I the mean, time sort of. i mean hang around in the vicinity in of the vicinity, i think in the presence probably, of yeah, yes yeah. so but what what's it like when they you know when you're normally doing a regular reporting job but then the royals come to town yeah and and what do people talk to you about afterwards? I've so always kind of found that absolutely fascinating because when you go around the country, I mean, you expect it on sort of big foreign jobs, sort of international jobs, um, when they're doing tours, like, you know, the world and his wife will come out. But when you're just in sort of Bradford or Port Talbot or, you know, all these sort of, sort of smaller, smaller towns and cities around the country, they, they garner an awful lot of interest. And I think that's that's really good for, for the town. It's great. And that's why they do all these engagements. So, yeah, uh, so because listen, they're obviously still very, very popular. So listen out for that one in a couple of weeks' time. But in the meantime, Russell, what um, what can we look forward to with Meghan and Harry? Right, OK. So we've got, which is, this is, I mean, are you a John Bon Jovi fan? Yes. You are? Yes. So when very I used good. to do football reporting, <laughs> when I used to report on Ipswich, I was a fan of Bon Jovi long before this. Amazing. But... Um, so at Ipswich, the football club, the press box is right in the back of the stands. Uh-huh. And for some reason, I would always manage to walk up the stairs at the point in the playlist when um, they're playing. Like, Jenny used to work on the docks. <laughs> that one. <laughs> Living on a press. You know, so anyway, Brilliant. I have very many happy memories of Bon Jovi, not just from Ipswich. But um, yes, anyway, I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. I mean, it is quite cool. It's a big name. So February 28th, which is next Friday, I think, is uh, the Invictus Games Choir. So, um, John Bon Jovi is recording his song Unbroken. I don't know that one. I don't think I know that one. It's probably a big ballad, you imagine. Yeah. Big rock ballad. Um, So, he is going to be recording his his song Unbroken with the Invictus Games Choir. And this is for release in aid with the Invictus Games Foundation. So, Harry is going to pop in to the recording session with some of the former Invictus Games competitors. So, that's very exciting. I wonder if Harry can sing. I don't know. I mean, I bet he, he's done a bit of karaoke in his I've time. I've seen him dance. He's not a great mover. When we were in Africa, and Megan had was throwing some shapes down, and he was sort of just looking quite nervous. Embarrassed, embarrassed dad dancing. Well, yeah, it was kind of. It wasn't sort of William aspect. And I mean, I'm not one to talk. So um, it was. He, I think he was almost nervous 
about them looking silly, whereas she's got rhythm and style. So you know, <laughs> she was she was perfectly happy. I mean, I'm sure your it. wife knows exactly <laughs> the feeling that Megan had that day. Yeah, go away. It's not it on the <laughs> dance floor. Um, then the next one is which we're going to. So this is the first time we will see them together, and this is on the fifth of March, which is two weeks today um, on the Thursday. The Harry and Meghan are going to attend the Endeavour Fund Awards. Now, these awards recognise wounded, injured and sick service personnel and veterans who have gone on to use sport uh, and adventurous challenges as part of their recovery. So very much within sort of the Invictus Foundation aspect of, of things that we know obviously Harry is interested in and... Um, Buckingham Palace doubled down on yesterday, saying that they were you know, they were still going to keep these core messages, these core projects um, that we've seen them work on. You know, whether it's, it's uh, HIV, Travelist uh, for Harry, conservation, disability in sport, wounded veterans for Harry, and girls' education um, and women's rights, that, that sort of thing. For Megan, so they're still going to be doing these sort of things. And in fact, the um, the uh, head of the National Theatre as well has spoken a bit about because I, I can remember us talking in yes. the, in that flurry of time yeah. when you were still jet lagged from your trip to Australia, oh God, yeah. and Megan and Harry, you know, it was all like everything was My up word. in the air, what was going to be happening, and um, that they'd been to the National Theatre basically the day, the day everything that, or the day before the day everything yeah. had come out, and everyone was a bit like, whoa what's going on but they've sort of talked well, about certainly how this that is going to be business as usual yeah there's certainly so she popped in and she was and she was seen going into the national theatre and she was seen you know, speaking to uh, a couple of the directors there and didn't mention that they were about to drop this bombshell now i had heard that some people in the national theatre were left completely aghast that this had happened and i think quite rightly so i think that possibly it would have been a matter of courtesy to say by the way but it's too big news. You yeah, can't but there you to go. And I, that was my that was what my you know sort of secondary aspect of that is that it was so big they didn't even tell the family. They didn't even tell their you know press secretaries. They just did it on their own. So they must have felt the huge pressure of that. The, I suppose the wheels of change weren't moving in their direction quick enough. That's why they did it. We've covered all this before. Yeah, and so therefore. Um, there, there seems there seems to be definitely uh, they've reached um, an agreement where she will come back to the UK and they are going to be able to sort of market her because we'd spoken about this. She's a big draw for the big money people, the big investors, the people that they need, the benefactors to put money into national theatre so grassroots doesn't suffer. And so that is really really encouraging that the national theatre have come out. There's an article in Telegraph this week saying about how um, that they see it as business as usual. So long may that continue because it is really the grassroots that would suffer because I'm sure the National Theatre have got quite a lot in the coffers, but they need money to make sure that there's lots of um, theatre for all to enjoy. And they're going to get to go to a concert while they're back as well? Not at the National Theatre, but at a different... I think it's at the Albert Hall. Yes. Well, there's a couple of things before that. Let's just run through them. So the 6th of March... Um, Harry is joining up with uh, Lewis Hamilton, legendary Formula One racing driver, to launch the Silverstone Experience, which is uh, a brand new immersive museum that tells the story of past, present and future motor racing. Do you like fast cars? I do. 
Thank okay, you. are you going to go to that one? I might do. Okay, yeah. well, have fun. Hopefully. Well, fingers crossed. Um, and then the 7th, um, day after, it's a Mountbatten Music Festival. They're both going to be attending this music festival at the Royal Albert Hall, no less. And that is sort of marching bands um, from her, from the Royal Marines and for two charities, the Royal Marines Charity and Click Sergeant, which is children's cancer charity. And then, oh, the penultimate one, um, we've got... Megan is going to be doing something for International Women's Day. So again, in keeping with sort of the uh, the projects that she's worked in the past. And then the final, the bitter end. Um, 9th of March, which had been well predicted that they will come back for, well, they'll be in town anyway, but they will show up for um, with the rest of the family to celebrate Commonwealth Day at Westminster Abbey. And that will be, I mean, that's that's really interesting as well because it will be the first time they've been seen with the family publicly. I know since everything yeah. it's also a gig where the queen is at and you know generally it's unless it's your wedding when you're allowed to overshadow the queen then generally the queen is the main deal but you know there's that kind of stuff and i'm sure there'll be people already interested to know like what order they'll be sitting in and whether yeah. that will change well no they said again this was one of the notes from yesterday the order of succession stays the same he's still sixth in line to the throne and the sort of the order on the balcony will remain the same i've you've been told that they're they will come back for Trooping of the Colour, which is in June, I believe. Ooh, We're going to see Harry as well at the London Marathon, which is April 26th. He is a patron of the London Marathon, again, in keeping with the fact that they're going to keep their patronages in the UK. And this is very, very important because there was a lot of panic of, from all the sort of different patronages and charities that they're involved with. And rightly so, I think, because it was such a massive um, bombshell statement that they dropped and... I don't think they'd. They, well, they, as you say, it was it was too big to to sort of go around telling everyone that this, this was going to happen. So I think there's been a lot of mopping up after the, after the incident. Um, it's unprecedented. You've yeah, got to work out how it's going to work. You know, when you're living abroad and trying to bring up your baby and trying to build a new life, but still care about and these things back home and how you how you do it. And so I think that's the other the other thing. So in terms of what came out in that statement, yes. it's, again, it was kind of reiterated. I think that there is a, a review after twelve months. Yes. which is um, partly to do with the, the military the titles for Harry, thing. but the kind of the process as a whole. Is this working for them? Is it working for the royal family? And Charles said he'd sponsor them for a year. And I think, you know, there's no uh, bottomless pit of money, so they need to work out how they're going to earn money. And so, and what sort of money they're, they're looking at and what sort of projects they can get under their belt. Will that work in tandem with their um, new foundation? Got to stop saying Sussex Royal, haven't I now? See, this is what I mean. Keep, like, yeah. a name can, ju- can just yeah. stick. It's, it's certainly in my mind. That's, that's twice now. I've, I've, and I have been reading this for, you know, for hours I mean, you've got si- You've got six weeks. So you can, it's fine. <laughs> you can still use it for six weeks, Russell, and then we'll... Should we kind of try and come up with uh, some suggestions? Maybe I'll float them maybe, in. Maybe our listeners will have yeah. better suggestions. Or actually, what we actually need to do is ask the subs who came up with our Pod Save the Queen name. Did they? Yes, it was actually a, gen- a gentleman who is based in France, uh-huh. a home sub. So, you know, you can work remotely. Oh. So, well, I think whether he actually is Quite based cool. in France properly or whether he just spends a lot of time out there. Anyway, so there was a reward that was offered for coming up with the best name. He asked for some baked beans. <laughs> did he really in the most British way <laughs> possible that's amazing so, so that is the origin story oh, of you've Pod Save got the Queen. to love the British spirit and baked beans and baked beans yeah tremendous um, <laughs> okay so I mean yeah that's going to be a big deal and the Commonwealth their Commonwealth role is continuing it to looks a like it because I think that you know they're, they're patrons of the 
um, the Commonwealth Foundation Association of Commonwealth. Well, she's certainly the Association of Commonwealth Universities, and they, and and she's going to keep those, and they will have roles. And certainly, it was said yesterday that they are going to continue to work to find ways of working with in the charitable sector. UK, abroad, and within the Commonwealth, and they're going to have s- certain engagements. Whether we are invited to those engagements remains to be seen. So well, who is invited? Who is invited? Because they have made quite a big play on the, the fact that they want to spread their message through, you know, whether it's independent journalism or, in quotes, rising stars of the, the journalism world. I don't know how you quantify that. I think that we have a, you know, a fantastic graduate scheme here that has developed some of the most... Um, you know, the best talents in the country and who have gone on to work for, you know, a multitude of organisations. And they are the rising stars of the industry. I'm sure that you know, lots of organisations, including, the you know, the BBC, um, the Times, they all have graduate schemes and stuff like that. So we'll we will see. wait and see. We will wait and Watch see. Watch this space. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there will be, I don't think we'll be short of material for a little while. There'll be lots of no. things still to talk yeah. about. Yeah. Um, since we last met, mm. there's been a lot of, lot of things happening. A lot, a lot, a lot of things happening. Some of it good, some of it bad, some of it somewhere in between. Um, so obviously there's been two announcements of, of breakups in the royal family. Yes. Which I within think a week, within just over, you know, just over a week, eight days, crazy. So Peter and Orson Phillips, um, so the Queen's grandson. Yep. And his favourite grandson, apparently. I love all They're these taglines. They, they must They're be. Kind of a favourite son, surely. No. A favourite grandson. They're all, all favourites. On any, yeah. it depends what day it is and who who you True. ask about. Is so and so your favourite? Yes. Is yeah. so and so your favourite? Yes. <laughs> Just I love to ask my mum. <laughs> are you an only child, Russell? No, I'm one of four. Oh, what so number are you in the? I'm the top. Oh, I'm top, top as well. I'm number one as well. <laughs> in in age rank, so in age rank, rank if nothing else. You. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Peter and Orson Phillips, and I was thinking because we did see Peter Phillips. At Sandringham, over sort of in January, yeah. when the Queen we was saw him there. in some milk adverts in China as well, which is yes. fairly embarrassing. Um, you know th- that uh, he was exposed, um, to put it bluntly, for trading on his royal name, which was came at a, at a time where there was an awful lot of deba- debate about Sussex royal and about how Meghan and Harry would trade a, potentially trade upon their sort of royal connections, and then him, um, it was he, you know, he was exposed for. You know, what does he say? I drink this every day. Oh. Something really cheesy. And it was sort like of that. a slightly royally background as well. But he, because he and Orson Phillips, they um, sort of, you know, what is it, fluttered a few feathers or whatever mm. um, when they got married because they did a, you know, glossy magazine, yeah. paid for photo shoot yeah. with Hello Magazine, I think it was, back in the day because they are, they're members of the family, but they are not royal because that was what Princess Anne chose for her, her children, essentially. Um, so, you know, they were kind of eyebrows raised at the time in a hullabaloo, but, you know, why shouldn't they, to a certain extent? I think Zara and Mike Tyndall have done gone on to do various yeah. things since, although I think they, they opened up their wedding. I think they just had, like, you, you have know... a buggy deal as well. Oh, this is a buggy deal and, yeah. and what have you, but... Well, if you can get it. Well, you... You know, can you get some free chocolate sent to you today as I well? I well, they weren't free. They were sent by someone... I'd done a panel recently <laughs> right, talking so. about... Advertising and news. Are you flaunting your wares for chocolate? Is this how no, it's going? No, I'm being asked to represent the company, fine, Russell. Fine, fine, and fine. then the, the man who goods. 
Yeah. The man who organised it was grateful for my contribution and kindly sent me some this chocolate. This is a politician's answer. This it's is nice brilliant. to be nice to people and it be grateful. It is. It is. But I don't. You know, I'm not getting any treats. I mean, there's a whole, literally a whole plate of cake in front of you. <laughs> Which I'm, I want another one of those lemon slices. Yeah, we don't honestly. want the crunch going down the microphone. You have to wait until afterwards. <laughs> so yeah. So. Sadness and kind of a degree of uh, of turbulence. It, it just adds to the sense is. of turbulence yes. and change. Yes. And then, you know, there were questions about whether Autumn Phillips would go back to Canada, which is not just going to be in Gloucestershire with the, yeah. with the family. And, and also that actually they'd spoken to the royal family last year about this. Yeah. So this had been sort of in the works for Definitely. a while. Well, certainly it was mentioned that um, Peter had, had gone to speak to the Queen about his, you know, his marital woes. And they are very close. Now, my take on the situation from uh, from the people I'd spoken to was that the Queen had quite a lot on her plate, you know, dealing with the fallout of the Andrew um, interview. Um, obviously, there were murmurings way back then. We know that Harry and Meghan were thinking about leaving, had discussed it with the Queen. And her main um, tact on this was, listen, you've got to do what makes you happy. She's seen it all before. She's seen sort of heartbreak and misery and what that sort of breed. And you must make the decision that sort of hurts the least amount of people. So I think that it came as no surprise that this you know, had been announced in this way. And then you had um, the Earl of Snowden, her nephew, making this uh, this announcement this, this week. And then you've got, uh, you know, t- two divorces straight off the bat, so... So, this is just, so it's, I was just reminded of, of the conversation that I had with the Goldsmith students when they came in and they were interviewing me and asking me about what I think about the royal family and kind of why people care about it. And I think, actually, you can... They are a family. They're a family and there are all of those things that yeah. families do encounter. Yeah. You know, there's difficult phases and break marriage breakups and people coming into the family who slightly change how things work yeah. or, you know, or whatever, all of those different things. And I mean, three of her own children are divorced. And so, like you say, she's seen it all before. But there's so many dynamics that go on. And whilst you're, you're all living your, your life in the spotlight, it's got to be very, very tough. Um, happier news. Oh, yes. Embarking on, embarking on marriage, Princess Beatrice. Yes. So we've got the details about their we wedding do. plans. I think this will be a nice smaller wedding, to be honest, rather than the big the big show. How much do you think we'll see of it? I think you'll see a couple of photos. I think they'll be release a couple of photos. You'll certainly see a car leaving um, the the Chapel Royal um, from St James's Palace going up the Mall to Buckingham Palace, but you might see a few of the guests because they'll have to bust the guests up to you know what is that quarter of a mile. Maybe um, up the mall um, to the to the big reception at Buckingham Palace, but they should just get one of those big double decker buses, like 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 London weddings do. I think they will. That's potentially what they will do. What what else are they going to do? I mean, that'd be great. Just imagine them all on a on a you know classic double decker bus. James, what's his name? Blunt. James Blunt. Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran probably be there. Um, Ellie Goulding mates, they're probably oh, yeah. all mates. Aren't all they? It's, it's all that gang, isn't it? It'll probably be that sort of gang, oh. yeah. I mean, it won't be a bad uh, wedding it like disco afterwards either, will it? Do, will it? Plenty of singers to get what involved. What date is it? May the 20th? May the 29th, which is okay. an excellent date to get married. Go do you on. know who got married that day? My parents. Oh, 
my parents got married nice. that day and one of my really good school friends got married that day and one of my sister's really good school Gosh. friends got married that day. It's, it's, it's around like the bank holiday weekend. Okay. So it's a popular, okay. popular date, I think. It's a good one. Um, but yes, yeah, so obviously... It's a Friday. Yeah. yeah. You get to have a long weekend, don't you? It's great. Is it, so it's a bank, is it a bank holiday? What's the bank holiday then? Oh. The Monday. Well, maybe it's not. Maybe it's the end of it's the no, end of half, end of half term week. Maybe you would. Yeah, maybe it is. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, that's quite cool. So like a big party weekend. We probably won't. So it, I it's don't think you're going to see Prince Andrew front and centre walking her down like the a, aisle. Yeah, well, we won't see that, and you won't see him beaming like a Cheshire cat when she's getting in the Jag or whatever to be driven off, whatever car it was uh, for Eugenie's wedding. Um, it's Eugenie's Instagram. That's going to be the place to catch yeah, all of the action. Again, probably I think. will be, won't it? I mean, there will be some, and they're prepared for this sort of the royal watchers out on the mall. It probably could be quite. Fingers crossed. I mean, get about two weeks of summer, don't we? But it's. Uh, it'll be We've quite not had a, nice. a weather reference for ages. <laughs> yes, we had to have one in the hundredth episode. It's been so awful. It's true. It has been so blustery. We've been blown in all directions. Storm, what it? Storm Kiara, Storm Dennis. Yep. Oh dear. And um. We're cooking up a storm in here. Like Ray, perfect segue. Ray, go for it, Russell. Um, so yeah, I think I think it might be a bit more like um, Sophie and Edward's wedding. Yeah, it will be more muted. And uh, and um, uh, certainly Beatrice was was happy with that. I'm not too sure. Edo, I mean, maybe he thought he was going to get the big big shebang at uh, Windsor Castle. All you've got. So the thing that comforted I'm me throughout my a- wedding planning stress. Any time that if there was something that you suddenly start having like massive stress about cravats or something ridiculous <laughs> yeah. that you just never yeah, yeah, cared yeah, about yeah, yeah. Totally it's just like all that matters is i turn up and yeah. he turns up yeah. Yeah. and we get married yeah all With the rest of it doesn't really matter yeah what what month did you get married july oh very nice it was summer nice. wedding yeah it's very nice rained rained hard on the saturday on the friday rained hard on the sunday and we had the sunshine sandwich super, in the middle it was a lovely day very happy day um Prince Andrew had his birthday yesterday. That was muted. That was a muted affair. 60th, which should be, you know... Well, Charles had a big nice, bash. Nice happy party. You know, maybe maybe he's not the favourite son, because Charles had the big bash. Well, Prince Charles has done less to sort of yeah. raise eyebrows, well, I guess. Said, or yeah. And we must say he's... Sit yeah. under a cloud. He's denied all the allegations against him, but all this sort of cloud does remain, doesn't it? And Andrew has... St- you know, uh, there was a report last week that um, Fergie had been sending out invitations desperate to get people to come to the birthday party because other people had been conveniently or inconveniently saying that they were otherwise engaged. And then we also saw that picture of him um, with the, was it the Chinese ambassador? That I he know, passed on some some message about the, you know, know, we're sorry about the coronavirus I from know. the Queen, which was very he's peculiar. Be stepping back from royal duties, it, it passing, I mean... It was described as freelancing in one thing I saw. It's your mum, right? So, you know, it's not necessarily a royal duty, is it? But then if you're going, it won't be a royal duty if they didn't publicise it. But then he's... It's publicised, and so therefore, how are you not on royal business? Who was paying for it as well? We don't know who's sort of paying for the trip, so maybe we'll have. A bit well, it's of also that it. classic thing about you know, if you are you, mm. you are sort of always representing the brand. Yes, of in course, the same yeah. way that you and me, we are yeah. sort of always representing the mirror. Yeah. And you know, if we're on Twitter, we don't want to be on there on late on a Friday night after we've been down the pub saying some question. You know. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, going off on be one, because we are still, we might be doing it in a private capacity, yeah. we're having a row with someone or whatever, yeah. but we're representing the mirror, and Absolutely. I'm always conscious of that. Yeah. 
So, you know, I think it's it's just kind of the same for them. You can't escape it. There's another unprecedented situation, isn't there? And I don't know how it's going to be sorted out. I mean, I mean, there were certain arguments whether they should have just had a very, very small do, said that they weren't celebrating it, but as soon as it was made... You know. Am I allowed to say that I hear Pizza Express in Woking is good? <laughs> I've, I've never been. <laughs> um, so, yeah, well, I think ultimately it's going to rumble on and on until or unless he does speak to the FBI. Well, another thing, he was supposed to be given some new admiral title um, within the Navy. It's what everybody wants for their 60th birthday. <laughs> exactly. I don't even know if I put up that score, to be honest, the way I'm going. But the he's he's deferred it. Rather than, I'm not going to take it, the language that was being used is that he's chosen to defer it. Well, you know, that, that obviously tells you all you need to know, that he thinks he's going to make a big grand comeback. But... Um, and there's a kind of, but maybe he will. Maybe may, let, let's let's um, give them the benefit of the doubt. There might be a situation where he is interviewed by the FBI, where new evidence comes out, and all the allegations against him fall down, and he's completely exonerated. And he has always protested his innocence, and maybe that will happen. So listen, it's a it's it's a, an on running on running saga. We'll have to uh, wait and see what happens. Um, the other well, two other things mm. to talk about. There's the Fab Four, the new Fab Four, the maybe, Fab Four, and yeah. Kate's podcast, which have both have been like exciting things they to see over yeah. the last couple of weeks. Um, she's getting one here. She's she's a dab hand in it. She now. is a dab hand of it. Although right, I'm just going to have to uh, read one of the comments first of all that someone uh, someone sent in because it made me it made me smile. Uh, where's it gone? Where's it gone? Uh, I thought she was great. So this is Karen in Vancouver. She gave us a peek, which was good. She needs some elocution work. Speaks too fast and clipped much of much of the time. I think they think she's clipped. They're they're used to listening to us ruffians. Um, I expect those will come. She's good at this. I know we speak too fast sometimes as well. We get excited. We do get excited. It's difficult when you're passionate about something or excited about something to slow yourself down. I think I thought it was quite a good pace, really. I mean, I've listened to a couple of Giovanna Fletcher's podcasts. Um, I mean, it's not. I'm not the target audience, and certainly happy mum, happy baby, happy mum, happy baby. Now, when we were invited for a screening, uh, sort of a preview, we didn't know what was going on. So this is quite. But when Kensington Palace invite you over for tea, yes, they, you, they you did. Turn up. We did turn up, and so we thought the royal correspondents turned up on mass, and so it was Giovanna Fletcher was unveiled in the room. And obviously I knew who she was and a lot of my female colleagues knew who she was. So they're her sort of target market. Whether you've got babies or don't have babies, you know you know who she is. Um, I mean, you might have been a McFly fan. She is married to Miss McFly. They're also, probably the main reason that I know who she is, is that she and her husband, I've forgotten which McFly he Tom is. Tom Fletcher. Moment, Tom Fletcher. They're kind of... They, revealing that they were pregnant, their Instagram, Twitter moments that they did for it, like right. their kind of baby reveal excitement right. things, were tremendous. Okay. Like really imaginative. I mean, it helps when someone is like a really good singer, yeah. songwriter, I mean, yeah, That's just for the American person. and our international friends. McFly are a really pop- popular teeny bopper band. Boy band. Boy band. But a boy band that play their own instruments With and... And one for my friend, um, Japanese Ginger, uh, Harry from McFly, Harry Judd. He was excellent in Strictly. Oh, he was, yeah. Very good answer. I remember him. Uh, Russell I'm is a, a Strictly fan. I am a Strictly fan. Back in the early days, though, I sort oh. of fell out of love with it. Like The first few series seasons I loved. 
And I really did love it. But I'm I'd love to be able to dance, surely. Oh, I can dance, Russell. I go, I go to boring dancing classes. We will have a little you. dance. We but, um, no, it's in fact, Kate, Kate Silverton, who was on Strictly a few seasons ago, she does work in early years stuff as well. So okay. be, I'm, I'm going to try and tap her up, I think, and see if she'd be like to come and talk about early years, given that that's clearly Kate's, Kate's passion. So you headed up to Kensington Palace. Okay, so yeah, we headed up to Kensington Palace. Gina Varland Fletcher was there. Uh, the big reveal, and then um, there was a lot of chatter about it, about how sort of, you know this was a big moment. It didn't really grab me to begin with, but once you started listening to it, you could really feel like, wow, this is this is a big moment because Kate's. We've heard her talk. I mean, she'd been doing this member of the royal family for nearly nine years. Been doing this early work, we're led to believe for you know the best part of eight years, and quietly working behind the scenes. And now I've seen her up close on several jobs doing this. You can really get a sense. I mean, I was in Aberdeen with the, her last week in a tiny little engagement, which was very very intimate, and you can really get a sense that she knows her stuff. Very very passionate about it. She's asking the right questions. She listens intently. Um, you know, she can reel off facts and figures about it, which shows she's got a, a, a decent understanding of, of the subject. Now, um, then, but, but when you boil it down, you know, to, to what it actually was, she's talking about things we've never heard her talk about before. There were certainly rumours about that she'd had hypnobirth, and we knew she'd suffered from terrible morning sickness. But to ha- to sort of bear herself, it was very not, personal. It was, and it's not. A, it wasn't a very managed interview where, you know, someone from KP is standing over her. So, well, we're not going to have that in. We're not going to have that. You know, they let her go and she was very, very confident. And I think she's demonstrated an incredible amount of um, self-confidence in the last couple of years. I mean, since I came on the scene. I mean, it's, yeah, it's your encouragement <laughs> behind the scenes. Russ, I so um, but I, I, think it, uh, I think it really has changed. And speaking to you know other people who have been following her, um, for a lot longer than I have, it's she has really stepped a game up. Maybe that's to do with you know a very confident, um, successful American woman coming on the scene at the same time. Who could say? Or but maybe she's just more settled in her own life. She's had her three kids. I think so. She's, I think so. I mean, even the way that she talks about you know how it's different between baby number one and baby number three, which I think is something. I mean, I remember. Oh, but talking about mum guilt as well and stuff like this. I mean, yeah, I. I didn't know what stuff like that, but I think that's a really, really important step to to say. Well, anyone who's lying about being a working mum, be not being able to put the kids up, pick the kids up from school, being away for work, not being the in quotes best mum when you're meeting up with other mums and people who have children and stuff like that. I thought that was really important, and you know, and no doubt that will that will um, that will help a lot of people listen to it. I mean, obviously, she's had less trauma in her life, and she's kind of talking about a. a a nice positive time in her life mm. and that kind of thing but it, it's kind of an equivalent level of sort of soul bearing as uh, as far as we get with Kate at this stage of you know Harry going on the mental health podcast mm. back in the day talking about that where where you, you kind of take the filter away and you are actually talking directly and then also when Zara was talking about her um her miscarriage and you know that kind of stuff yeah it's not often that we get to hear Absolutely. the really personal things we might hear tidbits about you know whatever george's favorite dinner is at the moment or you know charlotte loves dancing or tennis or horses or whatever it is this week but um that sort of more um yeah the the personal stuff yeah life's really like at home it was very very intimate and that the fact that i think they are quite hands-on you know they listen they they live in a palace there's certain things of uh, that could be leveled at them these are two women who are 
living in immense privilege. They they are fabulously wealthy. I don't know Giovanna of the, the Fletcher's personal situation, but certainly Kate has a nanny. They have lots of staff. At, but then when you boil it down to it, uh, I'm, I think a lot of people do have the same sort of experiences. And, um, you know, I'm not a parent, but I, th- I think people that go through that, that probably often do in the first few months and years think, oh my God, what have we got ourselves into? And I think that William, she said that William had said that as well. So, um, yeah, lots of interesting points picked up on that. So some more comments from our listeners. Thea Whalen says, fabulous. Sandra Blauman says, absolutely brilliant. Deanna Rabe, it was wonderful. David Seow in Singapore, thanks for the great books that you sent us, by the way. Um, he said, yes, warm, thank you. Uh, warm, sincere, down-to-earth, relatable. Ash Quinn loved it. I thought she spoke so well and seemed quite relatable, all things concerned. Three lots of applause. More Kate, high fives. Um, Tyler Blake, I thought it was amazing. As a mom of two young children, I found myself nodding along to a lot of what she was saying. I've always loved Kate, but I love her even more now. Lizette Rosario says, I enjoyed it very much. It was a pleasant surprise to hear her talk very relaxed and to being so candid about her experience as a mother and how her survey is so important for her social causes. Andrea Kavanagh says, really enjoyed it. She's definitely skilled at saying something while not revealing too many details. But at the same time, I love the peek behind the curtain that she did give and she seemed genuine and relaxed. Between this podcast and the Christmas special, probably the one with Mary Berry, um, I've loved the more personal perspective we've gotten on them, and I think it's a format that actually helps them to highlight the work they're doing. Um, finally, Katie West Vance says, I loved it. Two things I think that would have made it even better. I wish you would have given specific examples of the challenges in motherhood. It would have normalised the experience even more. And two, I wish you would have acknowledged her privilege even from childhood. Her experiences are very atypical, I would say, are not necessarily attainable by average people. Her examples of playing in the countryside and going to the beach are from places of privilege and not likely from middle-class working parents. I would have loved to have her say, I recognise I recognise that our circumstances are different and we have access to many areas of support and experiences that most don't have, perhaps next time. Otherwise, it was lovely. She did a great job and it was very natural. I thought so. Um, quick shout out because this is the last day of Kate's five big questions survey today. I did the survey. You've done the survey? I've done the survey. Very good. What did you think of it? Because I think that some of the questions were, and I don't, you know, when I did this engagement in Aberdeen, she was saying that some of the questions, so some people had said that the questions were a bit general and then they, they were a bit worried about not giving the right answer. However, well, it's a survey. She so said in the podcast, someone had said to her, yeah, I went on Google to try yes, and find, like, there's, but there's yeah. no right answer. It's what that sense is. And there were some that I felt were um, immediate like I actually I could it, it challenged me to think because I think the first one's about what are the things that I'm are most look, I'm just looking at it now I took the screenshots and I've not put it on the bit of paper that I brought in um, the first one I think is about what is most important for p- someone's what do you believe life. is most important for yeah. children growing up in the UK today to live a happy adult and life I, so I said relationships first because I think yeah. Ultimately, even if you have health challenges, if you've got support around you, it's easier to get through those things. So anyway, that's enough about me. Um, anyway, so <laughs> I went through the various different bits. I think the one that I found most difficult was about what age do you think is most important? Partly because I felt like it was a leading question. What were the options, like young like to old? Like zero to five. Well, so this is you know, really It felt like it was a leading question because this is an early year survey and it kind of wants you to say... The, the early years. The early years. So when she was speaking to a couple of um, chaps, we were at the Social Bike Cafe in Aberdeen. It's an amazing venture. They've got seven. They've got seven um, sites now across Scotland, and they give over one hundred forty thousand meals a year, and you can pay it forward. So when I bought my 
coffee and my cake, you can pay You're for the same. You're eating cake again. And cake again, I know. This is terrible, isn't it? So you can pay... No, I had a chicken salad and uh, some water. <laughs> you can pay that forward so you can say, I'll pay for mine and pay for somebody else's. And then they donate that meal. To, it's a, it was a great scheme. But she was speaking to... A couple of chaps who had fallen on hard times, who had left school, um, you know, left home, ran away from home during the early teens, got into drink and drugs, were homeless for 20, 30 years, and speaking to them about the issues about that they'd had in early life. And they were both in a great... It was this incredible moment where you've got Kate from this incredible life of privilege speaking on a total level with a guy who's in his 40s, who's been on the streets for 30 years... And then both, you know, actively working together to, 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 to find a solution to to try and make the world a better place. And I think that, that is quite a rudimentary understanding of what she's trying to do. But that is that's what it boils down to, that the early years are so significant. And this survey, nobody really knew what it was going to do, really. But it's it's had 250,000 responses. Certainly that's over a lot of it's, data it to analyse. And it's become the biggest survey of, it, of its kind now. So she, this is obviously a very, very important becoming one of her life's work. So check it out on the number five bigquestions.org.uk and it's the last date today on that, that you can uh, check it out. Just to respond to that thing that um, Katie said as well about the privilege, I feel like what Kate was actually trying to do was emphasising that you can do things that actually don't cost any money. Mm. And fine, you might not be in the countryside, but you could go to the park. You know, that uh, talking about that amazing picture of um, Charlotte with her bum in the air as she's smelling that bluebell, yeah. um, which just reminded me of Bambi somehow. I think there's that bit at the beginning <laughs> when they're just like sniffing all the flowers and then the skunk turns up. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, so, you know, there's that lovely picture, just a lovely moment of sort of innocence and discovery yeah. and curiosity and you know, fine, you might need to be slightly more careful in some of the parks about exactly where you're letting your children stick their noses. But the principle of being able to be out and play in mud. I mean, I went I went up with a friend um, a couple of years ago who, you know, had got, had got a toddler. We'd been to the museum. We looked all around the museum. We'd had, had been to the cafe and had some lunch. Then we're walking out to go get the bus home. Became absolutely fascinated by a worm that he found by the side of the road. And, you know, it's you can find that in the park. You don't have to be in the countryside to um, to kind of have that yeah. out- outdoors. Exactly. Being away from a screen, essentially. Yeah. And, and you know, she's very, very back to nature garden, talking about things that she had in her own childhood. She had a granny that was very, very hands-on, always got them outside, always playing. And there was a survey this, this week, wasn't there, about what all kids, there was like the 50 things that some kids should do before they're five. And loads of them were climb a tree make bake a cake ride a train these are all it's like wholesome all wholesome things rather than things that cost a lot of money and i think that that's what she's trying to boil it down to and that people will say see that in her i think it was very very um i think it was quite brave of her to do the podcast as well and to put herself out there and it's um and i think it's been a great success i think i thought it's interesting her talking about emotional and well-being milestones for for children as they grow as opposed to physical milestones and uh, so these are the little bits that I jotted down when I was listening to her talking about life as an adventure and that children uh, being on that adventure with her children which I thought was quite sweet and then there were three particular phrases which sort of made me think okay this is quite funny so she used the phrase hunky-dory 
Which, I, story, ju- which I, I just thought was t- so very, very... Yeah. It's like your nan would say it. Yeah, very sort of a British, yeah, or yeah. is it a particular class, or is it because she's speaking with her children? And it's like, it's, it's yeah. got a, just got a phrase... Oh, I can imagine she says it as got well. got a nice it's kind of phrase. Yeah. It's just got a nice sound to it. Hunky-dory. Um, being in the family... And she didn't say being in the royal family. Yeah. Just being in the family. Yeah. She's at reference my job as well, which caused quite... Um, you know, a lot of people talking about that. But it is a job. You know, it's a job. Every time she steps outside, she's, like you said, you're representing the family. We represent people we work for. So, yeah, being, I just thought it was just kind of, you know, it sort of sort of slides by without mm. um, notice, but just being in the family. Um, and it wasn't that quiet in our household, she said, about when they got home yeah. with the baby. And I thought, actually, that's kind of got too... To me, I understood two things from that. And you can kind of take that in two different ways. Either you've got a, like a rowdy baby who's just like wow, yeah. screaming, or actually you live in a household where there's loads of people running about and doing things, yeah. and you don't actually get that peace and stillness. What did you take from it? What that that bit? I took it what, from a, ra- a rowdy baby rather well, because I don't think they they I don't think that that sort of couple that that have like lots of staff running around them all the time, and I think that they they have. Well, I know they have very, very different... They, they, they treat it very differently. There is the work life and there is the home life. And Kate is very hands-on. They cook with the kids and they have dinner together. And I think that that's what um, you know sets them apart from, from potentially other royals before them. Yeah, I think... Because they went on to talk about it being, you know, George, George being a screamer or whatever. But I think it was even the word household rather than in our house or in right. our, you know, when we got home or yeah. something, you know. It's even just that being a, yeah, a word that is part of their vocabulary. But yeah, I think there was definitely a moment when she was talking about sort of the pressure of what, making dinner and, and that kind of thing that she did... She sounded remarkably normal, normal yeah. given the world in which she in which she operates. So I said we were going to talk a little bit about um, the four of them in Leicester, but yes. we'll, not, we'll only gloss over it very briefly because I'm speaking to a man from Leicester a bit later on for our regional um, podcast in a couple of weeks' time. Um, but do you think we will see Charles and Camilla and William and Kate doing more as a foursome yeah, now that there is, the, there is not the Sussex-Cambridge foursome yeah, opportunity? I mean, we're, we're not going to see them do loads of stuff together, but there, there is the opportunity for them to... To join forces, and it worked really well. I think. Look at the so they were at, um, one of the uh, the Ministry of Defence's um, rehabilitation centres, and William was trying his hand at wheelchair basketball, and he was. It wasn't going he, well. I mean, it's pretty. Looks pretty tough, doesn't it? Sort yes. Of, uh, but he wasn't very good at it. And then Charles came up behind him and sort of gave him a push and grabbed him around the shoulders. Well, I think Kate gave him a nudge as well. Oh, to really? get, it looked like in that video <laughs> to me that it was a bit like, why don't you go on? At, that was what I Brilliant. thought might be going. So, you know, th- that was... And we haven't seen that at all, really, from father to son. And his celebration as well. Like, yeah. Charles's little sort of arms yeah. in the air when William it got the basket great. as well. It was very cute. It was really lovely. And I think it was... It gives them... I think the way that was received, especially, and the, the, the way they, they, they interact together was um, was better than they could have hoped for. It got great coverage. The the engagement was was widely covered as well. So... There's definitely going to be an opportunity for them to work together more closely in the future. But, you know, I think we're, we'll take the foot off the gas of the fab, the new Fab Four just for just a little bit. We'll see what happens. Exactly. See what happens. We can but hope. 
Um, so we're not going. We're not going for a gangbusters 100 minute podcast to celebrate. No, 100, 100, no, we've been here a 100th episode. We? We've been here a long. So we've done. We, this has been a solid hour. So we were. It's sort of at 100, but really? it's 60 really. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I I think I've just about managed to compose myself enough again You've after that. The bit, uh, that little Congratulations. bit at the beginning. It's a, it's a so I need milestone. to say, you know, Amber, we miss you too. We do miss Stacy, uh, Stacy, Danielle, Stacy, Danielle, lovely Danielle. Um, it's been amazing seeing all of the royal stuff that you've gone on yeah. to do since you sadly left us but we love following your progress and Russell gets to hang out with you out and about I do get to see her it's very nice which is fun and, and, and Victoria lovely Victoria love to see you all over the Twitter and smashing it and very familiar to our um, listeners in America I'm sure with your sort of GMA it's a busy gig it's a busy gig it's a busy gig and to our friends from the internet what kate war and uh jeopardy's ginger and so many other people carol all sorts of Elizabeth people Holmes. Yeah. yeah love it when uh, people are well, passing on sort of the message as well give us a rating on apple podcasts yeah or any of the other podcasts any of those things what do you call them servers they're people down there yeah yeah well, just providers if you like us share the love yeah oh. and maybe you know Tell your friends. Tell your friends, exactly. Even in real life rather than on the internet. And you can find us at Podsafe um, on the Instagram, on the Twitter. I might might ask Russell. I think I'm going to ask Russell and Zoe to look after the Instagram while I'm away on my holiday. Okay. I'll let them loose on the Insta stories and see what polls are going on. I've been doing my Insta stories a bit more. So, you know, I'm getting... Follow Russell as well. All the excitement. But I think I'm finally (laughs) going to have to let Russell unleashed on the plate of Kate because I've kept him captive long enough. Um, And it would be remiss of me not to say at the end of the 100th episode, um, A... Russell, it's been fabulous having you, you. join me in this endeavour. It's and great it's fun. Great fun great and fun. always a highlight of the week and particularly to our listeners who, because you are here and spend time with us and um, seem to enjoy our company most of the time at any rate and let us know um, when you know what you think about the royals and what you think about what we're having to say um you are the ones who make it um make it fun really and make it worthwhile so we hope you will carry on hanging out with us for a long time to come but until next time oh i hope this i'm going to press the button and it's just going to press the the things again we don't <laughs> we don't need to we don't need to rewrite all of the messages i'll make dan just add it separately anyway until next time Pod save the queen!